Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. And today, you guys, we have our guest speaker from our just gone by Eden weekend with us, Jesse Fury. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> it's so fun to have you. I'm like, ooh, I got to have you all weekend and now this week. It's so fun. So fun. Thank know, you for being with us. It's great being here. I love yeah. it. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, speaking of Eden weekend, it was so fun, huh? Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. It was my first time being there. First time at Eden weekend. And it was better than I could have even expected. It was amazing. It was so fun. Our teams, as always, they outdid themselves. The decorations were beautiful. The food was amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh, the details. Food. Right? <laughs> I'm still dreaming. We had these roasted carrots on Friday night and they were, I'm like, I was like eating them. Like I need to learn how to make these because these are <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. These are candy carrots. We love them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was so, so good. It was really good. I loved the, on Saturday, I was loving that scone with the prosciutto. Oh I was eating it all coupled up. And then Amy, they had, they found this creamer stuff, like a nitro cold cream. And then like a fluffy cold brew foam thing. I've never seen them before ever. Somehow they, you know, Lexi pulls these out of who knows where, finds them, brings them over. And we're like, whoa, where'd you get that? It was amazing. Lexi's like a unicorn. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I think I drank like three of them. Like right before I got up to speak, someone was like, do you want another coffee? I was like, no, I've literally sucked down three of these because they tasted like ice cream. They were so good. <laughs> they really did. They tasted just like ice cream. They were amazing. And I guess she got them at like Cash and Carry or something. I don't even know. Like, oh, such a random accessible. Place. That's dangerous. <laughs> I know. At least for now, it's accessible. We all run out and get them and then supply is gone. Gone. right word's gonna get around now about this and it's gonna be gone because everybody's gonna Darn be it. looking for it I know I know wow. Amy you're missed oh my gosh it's so weird to be starting a new season like officially starting and be okay. like oh so let me just be here. real for for just a quick moment on Friday night I had a full-on meltdown bawling my eyes out to my husband like just it was not pretty. And like a big uh, part of that was like, I was like, I need a weekend to start tonight and I mm, want to be there and I'm not there. Mm. And I was just like, all the tears, like mm. not everywhere. You know, that wasn't the only thing it was, I was having all the feels and that, but that was like yeah. a big piece of it. And so like, I was 
very much missing you guys and really wishing that I was there just to be a part of that, just because I know how awesome it is when we did it. I mean, we weren't able to do it in 2020, obviously, but Mm -hmm. in 2019, it was just such a great experience and so much fun. And the fellowship was amazing. And of course the decorations and the food always good because those teams always always just knock it out of the park every time they're so talented. Um, but yes, I was definitely missing you guys very much and wishing that I was there with you. So I gave myself props for letting me, letting me cry about it because good job. We're proud of you. We know I'm not great at that. So feeling the feelings. That's right. I just let it all go. (laughs) Yeah. You were definitely missed. Well, I'll tell you that one of the hugest parts of what made this year so great, Jesse, was having you. Um, I feel like your message was right on time. I feel like it hit our ladies in a way that just invited them into the presence of the Lord and and just fostered an environment of just let me hold you. Like he was like saying, mm-hmm. let me hold you. It's going to be okay. I'm right here. Even though we looked at some things that were like, Ooh, was it hard to look at? Mm-hmm. Um, I do really believe that, um, just how special it was just so special to have you. So I am so grateful that you said, yes, I'm so grateful that the Lord moved in me to ask you. And I want to hear a little bit about that. I, you know, we, obviously we talked about, I think, just even Amy, you and I on our last podcast, we talked about the topic for the year, which was be transformed, no, be intentional, be transformed. But, and I shared that with you, Jesse, obviously, as Mm -hmm. you began to prepare your message, but obviously the Lord moved and worked in you in ways that yes, it coupled with our topic, but we want to hear that journey. We want to hear what that was all about and how you came to the messages, both for Friday and Saturday. Would you share that with us? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think for me, you know, I think back in June when Shannon, when you first approached me about this, you were, you really gave me the freedom to really ask the Lord kind of what, what he was doing. And I just felt like it was like three months of just God being like, I just want you to wait on me, which I, I don't know what you guys, I do not. I'm like, I want to be prepared. I want to get all of this stuff figured out right away. And it was funny because in that time I, in myself was in just a huge transition in my life. Um, you know, moving to a new state, leaving my role that I had been in for the last five years, pursuing um, just a new tool to add to my tool belt through grad school and all of these different things. And I just felt like it was one thing where I just kept coming to the Lord and saying, God, like, what do you want to speak to the Eden women? What do you want to speak? And I found myself, um, you know, just a little bit, like about a month, month and a half before I was just going for a walk. And I just felt like I just like needed to take this moment And the thing that kept coming to my head was God is close to them. Like he was like, I want these women to know that I am close to them. You know, I think when we think about being intentional, we think about, okay, how do I position myself close to God? How do I set rhythms and routines in my life where I am drawing close to God? And I think those are so beautiful and so intentional, but I just almost saw this from the other side, from God's perspective of saying, no, I'm close to them right now. Mm. I am with them. I am actually drawing, my presence is drawing close to them as they are drawing close to me. And I really sat and was like, God, what does it mean? What does it mean when your presence draws close to us? What does that look like? And this, um, this passage 
in Ezekiel of just this, the valley of dry bones as God brings Ezekiel out um, to look in this vision of just a valley of dry bones exposed on the ground has really been um, kind of a passage that has led me through this last year, year and a half of my life of God saying, hey, in, in the cultural context of this is these bones would have represented the things that were either that were ashamed of in the cultural context, it would have meant these had been abandoned, forgotten. Um, yet what God says is my presence as the wind rushes in, my presence rushes in as I draw close, these bones actually come to life and they don't just stay bones, but God actually begins to put flesh and muscle on them and skin over them, really signifying strength and protection. Um, and I just almost had this vision as I was walking of this, but I just saw the women that I was speaking to and I saw hopes and dreams that had been forgotten. I saw ministries that God had placed in hearts that had been forgotten and set down. Um, I saw even, um, even just things that people were believing and hoping for with God be like laid down and forgotten. And it was almost like God was bringing us to the edge of this valley and asking us to look out on our own lives and say, what is it in our lives that we believe are dead because we've either laid them down, we've forgotten them, we've said it's too far gone, it's not enough for the Lord to be able to work. But yet God was bringing us to the edge of that valley and saying, what would happen if my wind, if my spirit came through and brought those things back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, that was just that huge, that, that moment and, and really just feeling kind of in that, this, this tension of the now and the not yet, the now of standing on the edge and believing for God's rushing wind to come in. And what does it look like for us to wake up the next morning you know, on Saturday morning, as the conference was two days, wake up on Saturday morning and say, God, I'm still believing for the things that you have spoken to me. The areas where you say you're breathing life back into this, the areas where you're asking me to pick this dream back up, pick this hope back up. And what does it look like to live a life that is fueled and strengthened by hope? Um, Mm. And just to be able to live in that tension of the now and the not yet. Uh, And what does that look like for us? And it's always so crazy because I found myself in this season. And as I talked and and got the opportunity to hear from women and the women at Eden Weekend as the weekend went on, I was like, I'm not alone in this. Like so many women are in this tension of the now and the not yet of that picking up and that uh, the the transformation of that moment. So, Mm. oh my gosh. So awesome. Yeah. So beautiful. Man, I mean, I was, I was there and I was listening, but I'm like, this is just hitting like the same kind of way. Oh man. How fun is it to get to readdress it? Yeah. It gave me goosebumps. Like just hearing Mm -hmm. just that I could like see so clearly that vision that you Mm -hmm. shared and just that's, it's, he's just so faithful in those moments. And, you know, I think when it's like, it just comes out of nowhere at us and we're like, okay, this is what you want me to do. And it's going to be great because I'm going to be obedient, you know? So like just hearing about that journey that led you to this topic is really, really cool. And I was just like, oh, I have goosebumps. This is awesome. Yeah. No, it's so powerful when you're able to kind of, 
I don't know, take yourself out of your, the everyday circumstances and situations you find yourself in, you know, waking up and especially in September school starting, we're getting into this life looks different than it did three years ago. And then it did two years ago. And then it did last year. And so it's like, what does our life look like? But God bringing us to this place and saying, Hey, what are the things that I'm actually breathing life back into? And even if it is just, what's the one thing. And I know for me, it's like, Hey, what's the one thing that I'm, I'm asking you to have faith for, and that I'm breathing life into to focus on and and hope Mm. for in this next season, Mm. because that's when we have the opportunity to truly get intentional, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're not scattered across, like I'm trying to adjust and change and, and add all these rhythms and, and all of these places, but say, no, what's this, what's the one thing, what's the one thing me and God Mm -hmm. are working towards or believing for or hoping for, or our faith is being strengthened in. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the one thing because it can feel mm-hmm. so overwhelming. Like, oh boy, like I have to do all these things. I have to add all this stuff in order to. And it's like, that's where we get it backwards, right? Yeah. Um, we, we just get it so backwards. But but really it's it's that it's it's that intentional time with him, inviting him and allowing him mm-hmm. into that that actually motivates us to desire more of that. You did talk about um, spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Um, which I love that you touched on. We'll talk on definitely more about that throughout the year. And I mean, I think that even that alone, people can be like, oh my gosh. So in order to, you know, you know, take hold of this thing that I thought was dead and to have hope for something, I have to go through this long list of like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Like that's missing the point. It, it, it isn't that it's, it's just almost having the faith to, to believe to take hold, to um, bravely look at the things the Lord is asking you to do, inviting him into that space. And out of that, mm-hmm. out of that comes the hope, out of that comes the desire, out yeah. of that comes. And maybe sometimes it's a bold step. Like I was thinking about you, Jesse, and how you, how ultimately, like, you know, like you shared, um, you walked away from a pastoral position that you had been in. You loved your job. It was, it was fulfilling. It was fulfilling. You, you were in a community. It was beautiful stuff, but you were being mm-hmm. called to, to step out and to almost like to almost kill the thing, right? Like you were mm-hmm. called, being called to step out and step into a place of, you know, desolation, not sure um, where there was sort of death. Cause you were like, I mm-hmm. am ultimately going to allow this beautiful thing that I have to die in order mm-hmm. to, which makes me think about how like death, death isn't always bad. Death actually is almost always before life. Like something mm-hmm. has to die um, in order to get to this. And I feel like ultimately, I mean, if you don't mind me saying so, you're almost still in that process, right? Of like, can yeah. being called to this place, I mean, called into the Valley of dry bones, whatever this looks like. Right. I mean, do you, would you, yeah, agree with that? I totally agree with that. I mean, kind of just a little about my story for those that are listening. It's like, I, I'm literally in a new place pursuing uh, a graduate program in marriage and family therapy. And I have so many people looking at me saying you're called to ministry and, and, and they're saying, oh, you're switching this career path or what are you doing? You're leaving behind everything. But really, I felt like the Lord was calling me to, to set that aside for now and to put this on the back burner because he had something greater for me and he has more opportunities for me to impact lives in a deeper way and in a different way that is still my ministry but it is the tension of saying i'm i'm in this place right now i've lived i'm i've lived in oregon for 3 weeks and 
don't have community around me and I don't have these things that I used to rely on and say, hey, actually my, some of my value and some of my identity came from these things that I was in and God has brought me out of that to say, hey, no, your identity comes in me. Like your hope mm. is actually found in me in these moments and actually having to reestablish some of those um relational things with God, I think for me of saying, Mm. what does it look like? Like you brought up the spiritual disciplines. What does it look like, you know, to wake up and create like a regular routine of just silence with the Lord and solitude that before, I don't know that I would have created space for, but now in my life, I have the space because things have died to be able to create Mm. that. And in those moments, my relationship with God is is strengthened because I'm reminded of his character. I'm reminded of his consistency. And it's in those little moments day after day, just like any relationship with a friend or a spouse or your children or a coworker, it's, it's the day in and the day out that strengthens that bond so that when I'm standing on the valley, looking out and saying, God, like everything in front of me looks terrifying. It looks dead. It looks like there is no hope for it. I believe it when God says, no, do you feel my spirit and my presence is coming in? And when I say I will bring this to life, I will bring this to life. And so I'm able to be reminded of his faithfulness. But I find myself in this tension in like that uncomfortable place of saying I my circumstances and my situation doesn't look hopeful right now. But you know what? I believe that I serve a God of hope and the one who has invited me into this season will not leave me, but he will continue to breathe life and breathe hope and strengthen my faith in this time. And it's not always easy. It's definitely difficult. <laughs> there are mornings that I wake up and just say, man, God, I, I'm having a really tough time right now. Um but he just continually reminds me through friends, through community, through just his presence that like he is still there and he's still doing a good work. Wow. Y'all, I'm a, I'm a little bit beyond shook right now. Just, <laughs> just saying, Shan, I don't know if you are seeing the parallels between where <laughs> Jesse is and where I am, but I'm like listening to her talk, like my mind is blown because Jesse, everything that you are saying is exactly how mm. I have been feeling. I like even your experience of walking away from something as Jan put it, that was so beautiful and so mm-hmm. wonderful and like this amazing community. Like I did the same exact thing. Like I let, I walked away from one of my dearest friends, this lady right here, mm-hmm. a awesome church, a awesome community, my dream job, like everything walked away from it because the Lord was calling us to come here and Mm -hmm. no idea why and coming here and being like, I have no community. I have no nothing breaking down. Like I've cried more in the last three months as I've been making this transition than I have in a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And not necessarily, and that's not bad. Like it's not because I'm regretting or anything like that there's just a lot of emotion that comes along with that and I was on the phone with Shan this is probably six weeks ago maybe two months ago I don't know on the phone with Shan telling her just about how like I was in my car and I just cried the entire way to the airport to get my son and how present the Lord was in that and how he was Mm -hmm. reminding me like 
you have a friend always. Mm-hmm. Even though you feel like you don't know anybody here, you don't have any friends here, you always have a friend in me. The the identity part of it, like that that piece of like, how much of my identity was I putting in the work that I was doing at the church and mm-hmm. all of that stuff? Like, was he calling me to take a step back from that so that I could get my attention focused where I needed it to be? So everything that you are saying is just resonating with my soul so very deeply. And it's also so encouraging, mm-hmm. so, so encouraging just to have those reminders put out there, um, just to hear those words, things that logically I know, I know these mm-hmm. things, but to just have them set before me again. And also this feeling of like, oh my gosh, there are other people that know exactly what I'm going through because they're going through the exact same thing. Like it might look different. It might be for different reasons, but man, I am just like, wow. Mind yeah, and it's, blown right now. it's crazy too, because I'm literally sitting here. Yeah. It's like obedience. I think oftentimes we think is going to be like this beautiful package, beautiful, pretty package. And like, it's encouraging to know that too. Like number one, I'm not crazy for following the Lord to no. a new state where I know <laughs> no one, but two, it's like that. Yeah. What you said is like, the Lord is present in those moments and they're not like grief, grief is painful, but grief isn't always bad. It's not, you know, it's like we can grieve good things. And like, even Mm -hmm. like, as I, I I felt like talking about hope truly was like, I told Shannon this, like I was preaching to the women in the room, but I felt like I was preaching to myself because I oftentimes think about hope as just being wishful thinking of like, oh, I'm just, I need to be more optimistic. Like I need to be more optimistic. And Amy, I'm sure, you know, it's like, when you're in a place where you're like, I feel so disoriented and I know that I'm following God, but I don't see, (laughs) I don't see it anywhere around me. You get Mm -hmm. tired of being optimistic. Like you just do, you get tired of being optimistic that like that comfortability and that familiarity is going to come. It's like Mm -hmm. all of those things you're like, I'm just sad right now. But as we look at scripture and look at the people who in scripture were hopeful, it's like Mm -hmm. hope truly is just this without a doubt gut knowing that like there is an anticipation and an expectation for a future reality that is greater than our current circumstance and it's like it is that holding on and as I studied the word more too it was interesting to find like the word hope actually comes from two Hebrew words one that means to wait for but the other kava comes from the word kav which is a cord, but it's like this image of a cord literally being pulled at both sides. And it's that anticipation before the cord breaks in half, not the breaking, but that tension and that anticipation right before. And I'm like, man, like as people, Amy, like as we're waiting for something, as we're in this place, how like accurate is that description of the tension before the breaking? Mm -hmm. Because man, I want hope so much more often than not to be like a nice bubble bath and like someone dropping me off, like some French fries and a Dr. Pepper at my door, you know, like (laughs) that's what I want hope to be. But Mm -hmm. at most more times than not, it's those moments when you are at your end and you're saying, God, I feel your presence here and your presence drawing close to me gives me hope to keep going. Yeah. So I feel like that is where that now and not yet thing comes in, right? Because it's almost as if so. And then I go, I'm, I'm just thinking about both of you and your response 
an obedience to him asking you to do something hard, which on this side of it seems crazy, right? Or on my side, like if I'm watching, like, why would you do that? Why would you, mm-hmm. you know, but ultimately, well, because he's asking me to, and that, so go now. Mm-hmm. And, but you do, you enter into a place uh, oftentimes on, you know, in response and being obedient to a place of desolation. And what is this? What is this place? Because mm-hmm. it's the not yet of like, there is something more, but we have that transition. I mean, we talk about um, this idea of transition. In fact, um, you know, most of you know that I, I'm also going to grad school and we met, I met with my triad this week and one of the ladies brought up the idea of transition and how transition is the most painful part of labor. For those of us who've had children, <laughs> this transition it. component is horrid. It's so bad. It's where it's contraction on top of contraction on top of contraction. On top. There is no break. There is nothing. Your body is ready. The baby is coming out. It's right before, but I will say there's desolation there and it feels like death. You feel like you're dying. That is what he's trying to do. He's going to take you through those moments that seem like, what did I do? Back up, change everything, go back to what we were before. Cause clearly I have not heard him right, but he wants to do something new and he's working mm-hmm. toward that. It's just not yet, but he's so in the midst of that. And we are afraid of that discomfort. We are afraid of that mm-hmm. desolation. We are afraid of that transition time. And so we don't grow. We don't get to step into the fullness of who he sees us to be and what he has for us because we refuse to do it. So of course, hope dies. Of mm-hmm. course it does. Because of that, we, we refuse. We're scared. We don't trust. And I get it. That makes sense to me. Like, yeah, the practical parts of us, but he's not practical and he's wild and he's always good and always caring and always loving and always for us. So if you're out there listening right now and the Lord is calling you to do, to make a move, to be obedient, to go into transition, to go ahead and say yes to desolation and what looks like a death place, trust him. There's something on the other side, but you have to go through that to come out the other side, right guys? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how this looks. It's not pretty. Yeah, it's scary and hard. It is yeah. scary and hard. And I, and I think that recognizing also, and this is again, something that I had shared with Shan, that that is prime picking for the enemy. When we are yeah. in that place oh, yeah. of, of desolation, when, when our hope is waning, when we're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? That is prime picking for him. And the way that he attacked me in that was telling me like, obviously you've made a bad choice and um, you know, you shouldn't have listened when you were told to do this. And you know, I was really trying to battle against that. And the Lord was just so faithful. And so like, it was one of those like moments of like, ouch, Lord, that hurt, but you're so right. And he Mm -hmm. was like, and this is again, was in my car ride where we had this great conversation, but you know, he was Mm -hmm. like, Amy, just because it hurts doesn't mean it's bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things are going to hurt. You are grieving. And that is going to hurt, but that doesn't mean that you've made a bad choice. It means that you're going through this process. So allow some space for that. Know that I am with you in those moments when it hurts really bad, but just because it doesn't feel good, doesn't mean that you've made a wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I mean, I went from not being able to stop the tears in that car ride to feeling like, to feeling that hope rekindled within me 
just because he was honest and he was just, he really laid it out for me and those reminders and like a good parent sometimes, you know, I was like, wow, God, you're almost being a little harsh right now. But he knew, he knows me so well. He knew he needed to be like, there's this and there's this and there's this. And I need you to remember these things mm-hmm. because this is what you have, a, have the tendency to do. If it doesn't feel good, you want to run away. I need you to stay. I need mm-hmm. you to sit with that, you know? And he was just very clear about that. And mm-hmm. so I think that that is just, that's part of that, you know, he's going to be present in those moments for us when we are feeling really like, oh man, what am I doing? He's Mm -hmm. there for that, especially if we are willing to invite him into it and allow him to be part of that. Yeah. Amen. So good. Yeah. So good. Jesse, um, on Friday night, you asked us all in the room to think about what's the dead thing. What's mm-hmm. I, I wrote that's how I wrote it down anyway. Um, what's the dead thing that the Lord wants to declare? Actually, look at this again because it's still alive. I think about your hamster story. You told the hamster story <laughs> about the thought the hamster was dead, but really it was in some kind of weird cold hibernation yeah hibernating (laughs) whatever yeah hibernating out of being cold that was so funny and then the hamster was alive anyway um so you asked us to kind of reflect on that and then on saturday you talked about um rahab and all she had to focus on with chaos going all around her was this like scarlet cord hanging down the side Mm -hmm. of the wall and it it um it was a representation of hope um, for her. And you gave us these awesome little pieces of scarlet cord to hold in our hands and to carry away with us. But you asked us to um, identify what's the hope? Mm -hmm. What's the thing that, that the Lord is asking you to hope? Speak it out loud and pray, pray for it. We broke up into small groups and prayed over those um, hymns of hope that he wants us to be focused on. Can we do that today? Can we talk about like, and share like, okay, so what's the dead thing that you thought was dead, but actually the Lord's like, nope, this is still alive. And what's the hope? What's the scarlet cord that he um, wants us to be focused on? Can we share what those are? Yeah, totally. I feel like for me, mine really, like Shannon has alluded to, are kind of like really very present right now in the every single day of, you know, I feel like I, years and years ago, I I felt like the Lord gave me this vision of caring for pastors and leaders and seeing a church be healthy and cared for. Um, and really kind of heard this phrase of like, I felt like the Lord had like asked me to help care for his shepherds. Um, and I really put that on the back burner for a really long time and per- just went, was a part of the church being on staff, working any, po- every position <laughs> at some point or another throughout the process and, um, really found myself, I think letting that dream die in order to be the supportive person for other people's dreams within my life. Um, And over this last year, I felt like the Lord kind of brought me to the edge of that cliff and said, Hey, Hey, Jesse, like this thing that you've laid down, this thing over here is actually a dream that I've given you that I didn't Mm -hmm. ask you to surrender um, that I didn't ask you to kill. um, And I actually want to breathe life into that. And so with that, that kind of brought me into this place of saying, what does that look like, you know, practically and started pursuing grad school. Um, And for me, 
I really felt the need to go out of state to leave where I was in order to um, almost separate myself from the dreams and the visions that, or from, that's not what I want to say, but I felt like the need to separate myself from, um, from places where I had attached identity that God hadn't given me. Um, and so I felt mm-hmm. like the need to pursue grad school in a different state to really kind of remove myself and really pursue these new things. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm in that process of seeing God breathing life into it, but it's the very beginning. It's just like the rattling of the bones right now, um, mm-hmm. which is a little terrifying because the rattling of the bones could have stopped at any moment. Um, but with the spirit of God, it continues to 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 go into different places. And the reality is, is there's not a lot of, of options or even many people who have gone before me in this field, I feel like I'm kind of paving away. There's some incredible people who are caring for pastors so well and caring for leaders and caring for nonprofit people who are on the ground doing the work, um, but it's not in abundance. And so I kind of feel like I'm paving the way with that, which is a little terrifying. Um, But kind of on the other side of that is as I've stepped out and left everything that I felt comfortable in where, where the red cord comes in is I feel like I'm sitting in the midst of chaos. I've shared with, uh, with Shannon and a a few of the women at Eden weekend is, you know, I made this decision to leave my job and, um, and move. And, you know, I had a roommate who was planning on moving to Portland with me and she ended up not it not working out. So then I was left moving by myself as an extrovert was terrifying. And then move into this apartment and the apartment is just like, it smells like someone has smoked eight packs of day in this apartment for the last 20 years. Like it was just horrid. Um, and all my stuff smells like cigarette smoke and it's just giving it, it it's affecting just kind of like my headaches and different things like that. And you know, coming into this place where um, now I'm like, my home feels unstable and my apartment complex is moving me to a new place. And then I get to this place where two weeks or two days before my program is supposed to start, that's in person and an opportunity to meet people. They decide to move it online due to just COVID reasons. And then a week after that, my program director quits and all the professors in my program quit. And I am just left in this place of saying, God, like, I don't have a home. The whole reason I moved down here is completely different than I expected it to be. I don't have a job at this point. I don't have any of these things that I like found. And it, I, I like could feel myself feeling like Rahab where I just see like, you just could imagine what it looked like for seeing buildings crashing down, people coming in, fights happening, like people losing their lives in the midst of this chaos and this destruction. Yet God like, the people of God, the men asked her to hang this red cord out the window to signify that they will save her and that God is going to save her and that he is her hope. And I just feel like that right now. And that, that cord is just this, this undeniable belief that God has something for me in Oregon, that God has a community for me in Oregon, that God has an education for me there, that God has something that is going to put muscle on the bones and that's going to put skin on the bones to create an army for his name. Um, and right now it, it is, I feel like I am clinging to that each and every moment of the day. Um, as I'm really wondering, as I'm really just battling with that tension of the now Mm -hmm. and the not yet. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, that's kind of the place that I'm in and 
I ha- I actually took the cord that we handed out and I tied it onto my um onto my car keys. So every single time mm, I grab good. my keys, I look at it and I'm like, I'm reminded that that there is hope and that the hope is in God and He doesn't change. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So good. What you say? I know you didn't. Huh? So you want, want me to go? Yeah. I was gonna say. Now, since you weren't there, I still want to hear from you. If you have something, are you still, is it percolating inside you? I mean, I, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I feel it's super interesting because I feel, I'm trying to even remember where this journey that I feel like something that was dead in me that the Lord is like, nope, actually watch. This is, this is still alive. This is still intentional in your life. It's coming back. I'm trying to remember because this journey for me actually started quite some time ago. Um, and it's weird that it is so connected to, to now. So that's just goes to show like process is process mm-hmm. guys. Like it, you know, there's a, I, I almost imagine just when we change and when we are changed by him, it is an unfolding and sometimes it's a quick unfolding. Like if you're standing at the top of a balcony and you have a folded up long, long sheet and you let it go and it unfolds quickly. Sometimes it's that way. And sometimes it's on flat ground where there's no momentum behind it. It just slowly and slowly, slowly unfolds. And I believe that that's what mine is, is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I thought was dead in me is something that I do believe, um, you know, early in my life was, was fully rejected. I pivoted and found sort of a um, survival mode operational place to, to function out of that I don't believe was really me at all. Now we probably all have stories like that, but the difference is, is that now the Lord is like, nope, nope, we're bringing that back to life. And you used earlier, Jesse, you used in regard to the Valley of the Dry Bones and how the historical context context would have been that if those bones were there they were you know they were discarded there intentionally like that like we don't this is nothing there's nothing here um there's almost these these people would have been shameful so we're just throwing them out into the valley and we're not even taking care of them we're not you know caring for their um, remains at all and I feel like I get that sense. There was something, there is something in me in regards to this part of me that has been dead and is now coming back to life that that feels shameful or has felt shameful. There's something wrong. And actually recently I'm like, oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Like I, I feel like I will give a perspective and my perspective is fairly unique. It comes from like out of left field, sort of very random, new eyes, different eyes. And I'll be like, oh, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll instantly kind of say like, oh, you're right. I'm wrong. My perspective is wrong. I'm, I must be, I must be seeing it totally wrong or reading it wrong or whatever. And that would go and yield that like, not only am I wrong, like in my response or am I wrong in my observation, but I, my person is wrong. Um, and the Lord showed me that very recently. And he, um, so he showed me that part very recently, but, but months and months and months ago, he began to ask me to remember that what is in me, he has put in me and I can trust that as it comes out of me. So I began walking this journey of like trusting what's in me. Okay. I'm going to practice trusting what's in me. 
And then what's in me then came right up against this whole like, I'm wrong thing. Like my perspective is wrong. I'm weird. It's off. It's like, uh, I don't know if that's, you know, but it's still my perspective. So I feel like the Lord has been really challenging me and asking me to really embrace that. Like I have put this in you. I, I want you to trust that your perspective isn't wrong. It is different. It's different on purpose. Um, but it's not bad. It's not wrong. So, so I am allowing to come to life, this part of me that sees things just a little bit differently, that has a different perspective and trying not to hide that, trying not to discard that, trying not to see, um, to chalk it up to, you know, that's shameful, that's wrong, whatever, but actually like, this is unique. This is intentional. This is okay. And it, and it can be really laced in a lot of emotion. It can be laced in a lot of kind of abstract thinking. Um, and, and, but yet it isn't dead in me. And I do believe that the Lord has purpose for it. And I do believe that he is asking me to really trust and walk in that. Does that make sense? Am I making mm -hmm. any sense? Okay, good. And then the hope part is, is that what he is doing in the midst of all of that, that he is is going to use that i don't know exactly what that looks like i don't know exactly what that means i don't know exactly what that's all about but that he is he he is being very intentional with allowing this to come to life he's being very in intentional with a with giving me a boldness to to show it and to to kind of walk in it right and to trust that and that he's he's going to do something with it because it's painful and it's a hard process mm -hmm. and it's it, it's vulnerable and it's just feels off a lot. And so I'm, I'm hanging on to that hope that um, he is indeed going to use that and, and he is using it now and that I can just allow him to use it and, and to feel like I'm just, this is just my part of the body of Christ and I can be okay with that. And, um, and some people are going to get it and some people aren't going to get mm -hmm. it. And, um, and that I can just rest in, in that component and that part of hope. I feel like he's asking me to trust me. Of course, he's in me, praise the Lord. <laughs> he's asking me to trust um, the eyes he's given me, but he gives me sight, right? Um, and then he's asking me not to judge myself, let alone others, but not to judge myself in it and to hang on to that he's working and moving and doing something with it. So there's my, that, those are mine too. Very good. Love it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> So good. Yeah. I feel like um, mine is, well, I've, obviously I'm, I've been chewing on this as we've been sitting here talking and just kind of hearing like what the meat of this message was and, and all of that. And it's like, I'm, I'm like feeling a number of different things. Um, like there's two things that keep coming to mind for me. Um, but at the same time, on top of that, I also feel like the Lord is like, I need you to like give yourself some time to marinate in this, to like think about it and like mm -hmm. really do some, some searching in mm -hmm. that way. Um, because I think that I have a tendency to go to the obvious answer because I am a very logical thinker. And so it's like, well, that, that must be the, the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so the, the, the two that keep coming to mind, which neither one of these are sitting with me, they're like, they came to mind, but they're not hitting me in the heart and the gut. So I think mm -hmm. that's why the Lord is like, I need you to, to slow down 
And because it's not these, like, this isn't what I, like, isn't the death, right? This isn't it. Because the one thing that came to mind was like purpose. And because like walking away from so many things that I felt like I like had brought so much purpose to my life, right? Like I was doing things that I thoroughly loved and thoroughly enjoyed. And I got to like, the Lord was a part of all of that because I was, you know, part of a Christian practice and I was doing so much at the, the church. And, and, you know, then that brings to mind like that hope of that, that he can, he can do that all again for me. Right. Because Mm -hmm. like Tom's always, like he reminded me the other night when I was totally breaking down, like, babe, remember when we got to Oak Harbor, we didn't know anybody, but your sister, we came to Warren's word. We don't know anybody, but your sister. And look what God did. Look what he did while we were there. And he's called us to this place. And so I know that he has really good things for us Mm -hmm. here. Um, which I think is all true. And I believe all of that, but I don't think it's the thing. Um, And then the other one that was coming to mind was just this journey that I have been on for, I don't know how long, um, you know, of just um, being true to myself, giving value to my thoughts and my feelings and um, that I don't need to shove that all aside for other people. I don't need to um, not be honest about what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And, and I, and when I say don't be honest, it's not that I'm lying about what I'm saying. I just wouldn't say anything. I would just be quiet. Right. And finding that voice and um, figuring out how to verbalize those things. Like, the, like, I, I feel like he does indeed want that people pleasing part of me to die in a way obviously I'm not going to be a jerk, but like to, to give myself the value that I give other people. Right. So I think that those are pieces of me that he is working on and he is continuing to work on, but I think that there's something else that is underneath there that I haven't quite gotten to yet. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that he maybe in this entire process of what, what I'm doing here is going to get me there. Right. And I, I think my hope in that is that I will continue to be open to that and that I will continue to be allowing space for that. And that when he does reveal it to me that I don't try to ignore it if it doesn't feel good. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. I feel like that make those both of those make sense to me, but I also can hear you when you say like, but I'm going to go back and check and see. Yeah. And we have a little bit of a leg up on you because we already knew. Right. <laughs> we yeah. already been through the experience. And, and yeah. I very much like when <laughs> one thing that I know to be true is that when I have landed on something, when like he, he like physically in my body lets me know that like mm-hmm. I will feel it physically. Like if there's something that I need to say, if there's something that I need to do, if he gives me something and I'm like, oh, oh, wow. I feel that in my gut, right? Like I know when I've landed on something that he's really trying to communicate with me because I feel it physically. And I don't feel it physically about either one of those things, but I know as soon as I land on it, it's going to punch me in the gut and I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah. all right, there it is. Yeah, yeah. 
So I will, oh, I will, I will get, keep just giving space to that um, because I'm really intrigued by that. And I, mm-hmm. I want to keep growing in that way. And I want to um, be open to, to what he's trying to do in me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, thank you. Look at all this. Of course. Look at all this contemplative questioning. Actually, and speaking of the spiritual disciplines, this, you know, spending that silence, silence, stillness, and solitude is a good way to, if you're not sure what, what the things mm-hmm. are, um, if you're out there listening right now and you're just not sure, what is it that God wants to call alive that I've called dead? Or what does he want me to focus on hope-wise? Spending that time with him quietly. You don't even have to be prayerful. You can literally just let him move. I know that sounds weird, but I trust me when I say he is doing something. Remember, he says, I am always working. He is always working. The father's always working. Jesus was always working. It didn't matter. Um, he is always working and he's always moving. So you can trust that. So even in, in, and I would say that we're more open, we're more attuned to it, even if it's just deep, deep in our core. And it's not really something that even resonates, you know, on a level of like, oh, I understood that, or, oh, I totally get that. And again, I know that sounds weird and confusing, but trust me when I tell you something happens there trust that process, invite him in and let him do his work. And even if you do not perceive it, he, it still matters. It still makes a difference. It is still doing something inside of you because he's just awesome like that. He is. He's <laughs> so really awesome. Just awesome like that. Yeah. 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 So good ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for this time. Yeah. So great to have you. Thank you so much. Um, what do we got? We, we're going to just segue right into announcements. Yeah, that. let's do it. <laughs> we, we got a couple of announcements going on. Uh, first one up is Eat and Serve. That's going to be on October 2nd. Um, you can sign up online for that. It's going to be a collaboration with Living Works. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely go online and get signed up for that. Um, it's, from what I understand, it's always a good time. So yeah, it is. It's always powerful. Lots of community stuff. It's yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be partnering with them for just for the year, just to see how that goes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, our next episode of Eden Speaks will be on October 8th. So be ready for that because we will be dropping that for mm-hmm. you guys. And then mm-hmm. on October 15th is the next Eden gathering. Uh, merchandise is still available to be purchased online. So if you want some of that really cool stuff that Katie designed, go get that because it's always a big hit and uh, you don't want to miss out because that happens every time people are like oh man i wish i would have done that so if you're thinking about it go do it go order that merch um but yeah the 15th Mm -hmm. eden gathering be there or be square yeah hey and also i just wanted to point out ladies um or gentlemen if you're listening out there You know how we talked today about how, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I'm not crazy for moving to another state. These guys are sharing their story. They're finding similarities in their story. And that's one of the reasons story is so powerful. Not only do we see um, the glory of God move when we share our stories and how he's working and doing all the things, but we also sort of normalize and we're like, you too, me too. And that is really, really powerful. So with that, I want to encourage you to share your story. Um, call me up, send me an email. I want to hear it. We, I know that some people grabbed Jesse at Eden weekend and wanted to share their story. And 
this is this is good. This is important. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast. Maybe I'll have you on midweek check-in. I don't know. Or if it just gives you an opportunity to be heard, there's something about just having somebody just hear your story. It's really powerful. It moves, moves so, so deeply. So don't hang on to those stories, share them. We want to hear them. We want to be in the midst of them with you. And we want to see how God is moving in your life, but not even that, just what, what is unfolding in your life. Um, we want to be witness to that. So don't hold those back. Right. Yes. yes. Everyone is nodding. We're on zoom. In case you yes. guys didn't know that. <laughs> You can all see us nodding our heads, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're one step away from uh, Ryan wanted us to video record these and we're like, nah, because we were like, what if we want to just be in our, whatever. I'm sure you guys would love it either way. So we're one step yep. away from that, you guys being on yeah, video, we're getting Yeah, we're getting closer and closer. We're getting too close to that. <laughs> <laughs> too close. All right, you guys, I'm going to pray for us and then we will be all out. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, first of all, just for Jessie. I thank you for her wisdom and what you shared with her to share with us. What a powerful and impactful message, message is. Um, and we're just so grateful for her. We're thankful for her. Yes, um, we're thankful for how you're leading her and guiding her. And we pray you're covering over her as she continues to walk out her, her obedience um, and what it is you are doing in her um, for the now and the not yet. Um, we pray that you would just give her an ability to hold fast under that tension, Father. We know that you are the one who give us the ability to do that. And we praise you for that, Lord. And in that same vein, Jesus, I just pray for every set of ears out there, every mind, every heart, that you would open um, and move inside of these people listening, Father. Help them to see what is it that you are saying, nope, that's not dead. You think it is, but it's not. Come with me as we see um, what it's like for me to breathe life into it and finding that hope that you call us each to hang on to. Jesus, will you move in that space? Will you reveal? Um, just because you want things to be redeemed, you are so awesome that way. You always call things out in us, never for shame, but to um, deliver um, to restore and redeem. And we trust that to you with this component as well, this place of death to life and this place of clinging to hope. We love you, Lord. We trust you. And we lift all of these things to you in your holy, holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.